Hello, I'm Tamison Ford. Welcome to Business Daily from the BBC. Forget Brexit. The biggest news on trade deals this year is not in Europe, it's in Africa. The promise of the Africa Free Trade Continental Agreement is really inspirational. It's supposed to be a single market of almost a billion people in over 50 countries with a combined GDP of almost $3 trillion. Proponents say it has the power to transform Africa. That's if it can recognise the crucial role women play in trade. So does it? I think not enough. I think right now the agreement is general. It has some general statements around promoting gender equality, which is good. But I think, as always with gender, if you don't get into the detail up front, it's likely to fall off the wagon along the way. We take a look at how and why recognising gender equality could determine the success of Africa's new free trade bloc. That's all in Business Daily from the BBC. After years of planning and delays, Africa's new trade bloc, the African Continental Free Trade Area, opened in January with the promise of transforming the continent's economies. 54 out of 55 countries have signed up, only Eritrea opted out, and so far 34 countries have ratified it. Now, before we take a look at how this mega free trade deal impacts women, let's look at the actual agreement itself. Amandla Uoko Mbaka is an economist at the management consultancy firm McKinsey & Company in Nairobi, Kenya. The promise of the Africa Free Trade Continental Agreement is really inspirational. It's supposed to be a single market of almost a billion people in over 50 countries with a combined GDP of almost $3 trillion. And, you know, if all of the clauses of the terms are implemented, then we have the potential to boost Africa's GDP by 7%. Uh, That's almost $500 billion in the next 15 years or so by reducing import tariffs and eliminating non-tariff barriers. This could mean, um, the World Bank has done some analysis, it could mean that we lift almost 100 million people out of poverty. So successfully implementing the, the agreement would create the world's largest free trade area since the WTO and impact millions and millions of lives. And it's not only supposed to benefit Africa, is it? The rest of the world is also potentially going to reap rewards as well. Absolutely. So with regards to the rest of the world, if we think about the trade um, that's happening between Africa and the world, you know, it's 50, more than 50 countries that one has to deal with a lot. If I look at the trade partners in my country, Kenya and my neighboring uh, country, Uganda, you know, we have countries like the US and a number of countries in Europe in our top five export and import market countries. So having just much smoother trade and a much more easy to facilitate agreement, I think helps the trade that we have with the rest of the world as well, for sure. In fact, the World Bank estimates the agreement could bring a further $80 billion in income around the world. But it's trade within Africa that it wants to dynamically change. Latest figures show intra-Africa exports make up less than a fifth of Africa's total exports. Compare that with Europe, which is more like 70%, or Asia, which is 60%. Africa does very little trading within its borders and it's hoped this agreement will help change that. But unlike Europe, 
Africa is powered by its informal economy. And this is where women come in, says economist Amandla. What is sure and clear across the continent is that informal trade is ran by women in Africa. So women account for more than 70% of the labor force in the informal sector, particularly in labor-intensive work like textiles and textiles manufacturing. And if we you know, consider the businesses across the continent, most of them are SMEs, most of them are informal. I'm talking like more than 80%. And the vast majority of them, more than 60% of them, are in wholesale retail and trade. These are women I like to call WhatsApp warriors in the marketplaces, right? Getting orders in and out um, for clothing, for fruit and veg. And so women are the backbone of informal trade across the continent. Um, so the free trade agreement in its implementation needs to take into account the different starting position for women in this trade agenda in order to really deliver on its aspiration to promote sustainable and inclusive socioeconomic development and gender equality, which is an explicit term in the preamble of the agreement. At the Namanga border crossing between Kenya and Tanzania, traders seek shade from the searing sun. Trucks and motorbikes pound the road between the checkpoints. Here, like most border points in Africa, it's women who make up the bulk of cross-border traders. Okay, first of all, my name is Porin Nyambura, and for once, I sell shoes, buckets, plates. Yeah, I sell a lot of things, as you can see. Pauline has been running her small business for 10 years. She crosses the border every day, selling and buying her wares. It can be a risky business for a woman at border points in Africa. While any form of data is hard to come by, aid agencies say exploitation is rife, whether it's in the form of sexual physical or economic violence. Pauline says she faces bribery all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, even there is a time, okay, I went to sell some of my things. I come across with two men who said to me, oh, you are a Kenyan. So I told them, yes. And why are you selling this to Tanzania? I say, no, it's my property. I have all the freedom to, to pass to Tanzania. So they actually, no, you can't do that. So they said to give them bribery so that my things can pass to, to Tanzania. It's a similar story for other traders here at Namanga. Okay. This is Tracy Ngina. She makes and then sells food across the border in Tanzania. She says when she's crossing the checkpoint, men often harass her. She doesn't elaborate on how. This is clearly not an easy thing to talk about to a stranger. But she also says she's verbally abused by women who don't want her selling on their patch. My colleague in Nairobi, Michael Koloki, travelled to Namanga and spent the day speaking to traders there at the checkpoint. He told me about some of the experiences they shared with him. Well, yes, I've spoken mainly to women traders here on the Kenyan side of the border, saying, though, that there are some challenges that they face. One trader I was speaking to was telling me that when she goes to Tanzania to sell her wares, sometimes the authorities there stop her and prevent her from uh, selling her wares on that side of the border 
because they say, as she termed it, that her products are illegal. And she said that uh, they tell her that they are illegal because she feels that maybe that there are some regulations and rules that uh, she is not aware of that she is supposed to follow some taxes as well that she feels that uh, maybe she's supposed to pay but she's not aware of. So she says that is sometimes a confusing situation for her that uh, poses a challenge to her business. Another trader I was speaking to says that when she goes to the Tanzanian side of the border that uh, some of the traders there actually tell her to go back to Kenya because they feel that she's uh, giving them competition because she's selling the same items that they are selling on that side. So they tell her that perhaps she should, uh, according to her, that she should go back uh, to Kenya, come back here to Kenya and sell her items here. Do the traders you've been speaking to today know much about the African continental free trade area? Well, generally from most of the traders I've spoken to, most of them are not aware of the Africa continental free trade area. They've never heard about it, actually. A number of them telling me that when I spoke to them, it was the first they had uh, ever heard about it with uh, some of them asking me, you know, what is it all about? You know, when, when I spoke to them about it, they said, well, this is something that they have not witnessed here in Namanga. They've not uh, seen any change in, in how things operate um, in regards to cross-border trade. And uh, many of them asking me, you know, when, when will the changes happen? And uh, some of those traders I spoke to hope that, you know, if, if this is put into force, into effect here, that it'll make life easier for them. With one trader telling me that uh, she's looking forward to the day when there will be no challenges trading with uh, Tanzania. She'd be able to go into Tanzania, buy her wares, sell her wares, come back to Kenya, and Tanzanians will be able to do the same. And a number of the other traders telling me that they generally think it is a good idea. But perhaps the Kenya government and the Tanzanian government need to effect this particular agreement because as they say at the moment for them it's just all hearsay but nothing on the ground it's not surprising these traders are yet to feel the effects of the new trade block the european union for example took years for the rules and policies to start working properly african member states have been given five years to phase out their tariffs 10 years for the less developed nations. Much of the detail within each policy document hasn't been finalised either. So what needs to be done to ensure cross-border traders, who more often than not are women, are not forgotten? Economist Amandla Uwoko-Ambaka says formalising these trade routes is the key. If we're able, if governments are able to simplify their trade regimes to make sure these informal uh, crossings become part of a system that you can document, it actually will increase the opportunities that women have to enter the system because their work, or at least their trade routes, become formalized. So then you begin to do things like invest in lights at night, invest in toilets and you know sanitary facilities that actually are massive barriers to these women taking these journeys at night. So by formalizing those trade routes, I think you have the opportunity to begin doing some of that, which is great. I think the second thing 
um, that the free trade agreement can do, right? If we're thinking about what's what's actually going across these borders, so I spend a lot of my time in agriculture, and when I look at the informal um, cross-border trade, a lot of it is in agriculture, and I think, for example, around the Kenya-Uganda border, and a lot of the issues that these women traders face around access to capital, around access to market, is because a lot of the informality means they can't get fair prices for what they're trying to trade. So again, making sure that these trade routes are recognized, making sure that um, we're driving down the costs of the transportation across the border are all things that will, will benefit the women that are working at these areas. So possible solutions to improve the situation for women working in the informal economy. But what about female-owned businesses in the formal economy? Caroline Gethier is the president of the Nairobi chapter of the Organisation of Women in International Trade. She also runs her own business, a risk advisory service called First Idea Consulting Limited. I asked her whether business women in Africa face different challenges to men. Absolutely. Uh, there are very many challenges that a woman faces uh, um, compared to a man, especially in trade. I'll give you a very good example. Uh, sometimes when I am uh, supposed to provide uh, my services to a different country, I need to think about, so when I'm going to Rwanda or when I'm going to Somalia or when I'm going to South Sudan, who will take care of my family? So I need to think, plan about it. Uh, and also ensure that the time I'm away, uh, the services that I provide to my family are provided by somebody else. And I cannot be able to go for too long. Unlike a man who would uh, get a contract and in the evening he's up and goes with the next flight to Rwanda or to whichever country because, you see, his responsibility is not as heavy as mine. The other challenge we face as women, and this is very um, close to my heart, is access to finance. As you're aware, uh, women are not able to access money uh, from uh, financial institutions. And one of the biggest challenges is because women uh, run smaller businesses. Uh, just the other day, I was trying to access some uh, financing for my business to develop a risk management system. And uh, I couldn't get finances and had to uh, sell an asset to be able to build this uh, system. And for me, this is very important to help women access financing, not just from the financial institution, but to craft innovative ways of how women can be able to access financing. And this seems to be the main problem. While the African continental free trade area has been very clear in its desire to promote gender equality, there are no specific policies to address it. Gloria Tuherwe is the Director of Women in Trade at Trademark East Africa, an organisation aimed at boosting trade in the region. I asked her whether the Free Trade Pact has gone far enough in recognising the importance of women in trade. I think not enough. I think right now the agreement is general. It has some general statements around boosting or promoting gender equality, which is good. But I think, as always with gender, if you don't get into the detail up front it's likely for you to get lost. I mean, it's likely to fall off the wagon along the way. So I think this opportunity provides, the agreement provides an opportunity to address gender issues right from the, you know, from the word go, which I think right now the agreement doesn't have. Maybe as the annexes are developed and negotiations go on, we'll see more traction. But right now I think it's very thin. What sort of things would you like to see then? Could you give us an example of a, a specific 
policy that could really help bridge this gender gap? I think for me, two things, because one of the opportunities that we are expecting with this agreement is, of course, increasing um, trade one country to another, but a lot of trade in manufactured goods. So how are the countries, how is this going to happen? It won't happen organically because if women have been at the bottom of that pyramid, we have to be intentional. So maybe we could do it one way. Maybe the countries in the negotiations could say, we have to purchase this value of goods from women or from women-owned businesses. So you're very intentional about how it's going to happen. And then in the negotiations themselves, which is happening now, also bring the women to the table. The other day I inquired and said, but on these committees, are there any women sitting here? And, you know, the answers were neither here nor there. So we have to be committed, even when the different annexes are being negotiated or any discussions to roll out the agreement, there has to be fair representation of women in those conversations. So I think there's more to be done. If the change has to happen, we have to invest more, I guess to unpack those issues that seem, you know, subtle, but could actually become a barrier. Gloria Tuhewe from Trademark East Africa, finishing this edition of Business Daily. I'm Tamasin Ford. Our producer today is Vicky Broadbent. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter at Tamasin underscore Ford. And for more, please download our Business Daily podcasts.